Ali Show on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Tiger Woods now tied for 41st at the Masters. He's four over. The leader is eight under, so... Looks like Tiger's comeback's going to have to wait a little bit here. That sucks. Phil Mickelson, I'm not going to scroll down far enough to find his ass either. Uh, I'm rooting for one of the two of them to bring me back my golf nostalgia. And I thought it'd be Woods. In fact, now Mickelson is tied for 47th. He's five over. Yikes. The projected cut line is five over. So both Phil and Tiger are in danger of missing the cut. Phil is done for the day. He shot a 70. Tiger Woods, he's played 11 holes, which is a lot less holes than he's used to playing. That's a Tiger Woods sex joke. 412-922-2874. Subtlety is always my strongest strength. Pirates played last night. Let's go around them bags. It's time to go around the bags with the biggest D-bag on the Pittsburgh Airwaves, Adam Crowley. Richie Walsh once poked out a girl's eye with his hair when getting to... First base. (laughs) Steven Brault pitched well in a spot start. He gave up one run in five innings. You can't ask for more than that, given that that's really all the Pirate starters have given the Buccos this year. I will say, though, commendable effort by him. And I just kind of hope that Musgrove comes back soon, but you'll take that in his stead. Joe's such a bad kisser that he's never gotten to second base. Polanco needs to do this for longer for me to think he's got staying power. He hit a ball out to center field in a wind that I didn't think he had a chance to hit the ball out to center field in. He's playing well, but the thing about Polanco is we've seen him do this for a month, maybe two. Last year he was hampered by injuries, but hey, that counts too. Polanco, keep it up. And if he does... I think they've got a legitimate chance to hang around for a little while. Tim Benz considers a day to failure if he doesn't get to. Third base. The bullpen pitched fairly well last night. They gave up just one run in four innings. There were some struggles at times, but that's better than what we've seen all year long. And if the starters aren't going to go deep in ball games, you need them to pitch like they did last night. BT Dubs, Tyler Glass now, with Musgrove out of the rotation due to his injury. I'm conflicted. I'd like to see him in the rotation, but the bullpen's such trash, and he's pitched so well, I think you probably just got to leave him there. Hell's going on with my mouse here? My mouse isn't working! Guess I'll have to pop a blue pill before I... Going for home. Tom Brenneman is lame. Just the worst. I was watching the Penguins game last night because that's the most relevant team in Pittsburgh, and I was flipping to the pirate game during commercial breaks and intermissions and it's so odd hearing the opposite teams broadcast it's one thing if you're a pirates fan you have to listen to the national feed or a penguins fan you have to listen to the national feed because you're going to get unbiased commentary or you'll get with the local broadcasters the biased commentary that let's face it you all want to get but when gregory polanco hit that three-run bomb last night That dude was dejected, and dejected Tom Brenneman 
Just insert that right into my veins, baby. Much like John Tortorella being pissed off after the Penguins score a goal, I love that like I love Tom Brenneman being pissed. And this goes back a couple of years to whenever he said that Jeff Locke sucked. He didn't mean to say it on the air. He said it anyhow, and I've hated him ever since. Biased jackass. That's your five-minute major. And you can put that one in the books. Another absolute jab from Adam Crowley. Adam wins. Adam wins. 412-922-2874. You got anything to add to that bucko game from last night? Probably not. Tim tweets. He of Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Can you please ask Tom to put his shirt back on? Yeah, I took Tom's shirt off in the cheese tees. That's going to happen from time to time. Just another day on the Crowley Show. I'll tell you what, Tom's a sensual guy. I love him. And sometimes when you love someone, when a man loves a woman, you take the shirt off. What happened? No. that okay? Yeah. Can I say that? Sure. You vaping again? Quit vaping over here. That's not me. That's Tom. I don't know what he's doing. Back in the damn studio. Turn your mic off when you do that, Tom. DeCastro, David, he of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the right guard, talked to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette yesterday. And here's what he said regarding the new lowering the head rule in the NFL that they haven't ironed out yet. Quote, I just can't wait until the referees come into training camp like they do every year and they show us the videos of what to do and not to do in the rule changes. I just can't wait to see it because I have no idea what they're talking about. It doesn't make any sense to me. You're taught from a young age, the low man wins. Get your head lower than theirs. It's like the nature of the game. You might as well take the ball away while you're at it. We're going to look like sumo wrestlers. Put your bellies against each other. End quote. That's going to happen. If you're not allowed to put your head down, it's going to fundamentally change the way that football is played. But I think DeCastro is missing the point here. I don't think linemen aren't going to be allowed to do it. I'm pretty sure linemen are going to be allowed to push each other back and forth. I don't think you're going to have linemen tossed out of the game unless they do something egregious. It's not going to happen, man. Relax. And this is the issue right now. There's all kinds of misinformation out there on this lowering the head rule. My understanding is that it's a tackler coming in to get a ball carrier, or it's a ball carrier lowering his head to inflict pain upon the defensive player. This line play, they're not going to be able to change. And even if they do say they're going to change it, they're still going to let most of it go anyhow. So, David, do you want to remember your kids' names? Do you want to contract CTE? The choice is yours. And I realize you cannot make rules that are going to take football out of football. You cannot make rules that are going to take all injuries and all contact out of football. Football would cease to exist. People would not watch it. It'd be flag football. I get all that. But the NFL does have to make an effort. To what extent, though, that's the question. My hope is that we do not see the NFL start reviewing these things. That's my biggest fear, is that the NFL is going to start reviewing every damn tackle, that the NFL is going to start throwing players out of the game and then 
stopping the play to make sure that the guy actually should have been thrown out, and if he should have been thrown out, to throw him out, and if he shouldn't have been thrown out, keep him in, but it's going to take 15 effing minutes. That's what I'm scared about. I want players to be healthy. And maybe they don't care, but they will when they're older. And yes, it is their own decision to some extent, but not for everyone. I talk about this all the time. All the time. You think all these players have a decision to be in the NFL or not? Well, it's not much of a decision. It's, I either make millions of dollars and help my family, and my family's family, and my family's family's family, and generations to come behind me, or I go do something else with my life, like talk on a radio show and make bupkis a year, and then be screwed every time the rent check comes in. It's not a choice. It's just not. It's something you have to do. It's almost an obligation. And some players have walked away from the game, but very few. Players who play do have the choice, but as I say, it's not much of a choice. So I'd like to place them from themselves as much as possible without ruining the game. And therein lies the fine line, right? Police them. Hope that the right decisions are being made. Hope that they're not going to continue to lower their heads. And then also I hope that it doesn't become something that is reviewable. I also hope that it's not something that will see players ejected from games. 15-yard penalty is a lot. It means a lot. It can change a player. Look at what happened with James Harrison. James Harrison was a punk-ass bitch in 2009. He was maiming people left and right. They suspended him. They fined him. They flagged him. See you later. I'm all for the suspensions. I'm all for the flags. I'm all for the fines. I just don't want to see a guy tossed from the midst of a game. It's something that needs to be discussed after the game. I hope David DeCastro, while he's a smart guy, does understand that the league is doing this for their benefit. Now, they're also doing it for theirs because the owners don't want to get sued. The league doesn't want to get sued. They don't want to be out a bunch of cash because players' brains are turning to mush. But the end result, the end benefit should actually help the players. So just be smart, man. You can figure it out. You'll be okay. Ed tweets, power outage. I talked at length today with someone in Pittsburgh. Said another winter storm was coming. Crap is life without the crown, man. Hundo, you are right, sir. That sucked yesterday, by the way. Yeah, that was awful. Was that yesterday? Two days ago. No, day before, yeah. Yesterday Still was a great seems show. Like yesterday, yeah. Got another tweet from Paul. Dude, your intros to each are the best on radio. So no matter how bad the Buckos suck this year, don't stop the three base intros, regardless of the content. Oh, we're not. In fact, the more they suck, the better it is. We're doubling down. No question about it. Because I think sucking fits in perfectly with third base. That's what we do. Damn right. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sets to join us in eight minutes here to talk about the Masters. I'm a little bit sick and tired. Words. Choose carefully here. Wisely. Crowley. Yeah. Stop. Think. Yeah. I'm a little bit sick and tired of the Tiger Woods hate here. I am. There's a lot of Tiger hate out there. Man, why can't I just like an athlete for being an athlete? Why do I got to like the guy? You tell me Ben Roethlisberger's a good guy? Come on. I mean, I don't know him from Adam. But come on. Le'Veon Bell seems fine. Is he a guy you really want to root for? No, but he's a great freaking football player. 
Barry Bonds was embraced in San Francisco because he was a nice guy, because he was a philanthropist. No, 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 no. He was a D-bag jackass. But he hit 73 home runs in a season, so they love the guy. They'll build a plaque. In fact, you can be sitting there while your assistant defensive coordinator is having his way with children, and they'll still like you. They'll still want the statue up because you were good at your job. I think that's taking it a little too far, but Tiger Woods never hurt me personally. Tiger Woods' only victim, really, in all this stuff was his wife. And that sucks, but that happens every damn day here on the streets of America. And really all around the world. Infidelity's a thing. Infidelity with sports figures is a big thing. Infidelity with big, rich sports figures is a real, 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 real big thing. So for me to hate that guy because he did pills, because he got a DUI, because he cheated on his wife, is like me hating half my friends in 30 years. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to watch Tiger Woods play golf because it brings me back to a time when Tiger Woods made golf watchable. God bless Jordan Spieth. God bless Rory McIlroy. God bless Dustin Johnson. God bless the great players who play right now. But I ain't turning on a major for any of them. I'm turning it on for Tiger. And I was turning it on for Phil, but Tiger's far bigger of a draw because Tiger's a transcendent talent. One that we've never seen before in the likes of golf or maybe the likes of sports. So please, don't give me your damn sermon about why I shouldn't want that guy to win. I want some nostalgia. I want to see greatness. I want to be able to tell my kid, this dude caught Nicholas. I want to be able to tell my kids that I saw that guy hit a hole in one. Or that guy birdie 17th. Or that guy do things that I've never seen anybody else do with a golf club. And personality or resume... Or flaws be damned, don't judge me. You probably do some of the same crap yourself. Coming up next, that saying nothing of Jerry Dulac, he'll join us. He's live at the Masters. It's a Crowley show. I'm at Walgreens because I'm not feeling my best. My allergies are giving me an itchy nose, watery eyes, and sneezing. Luckily, Walgreens is right around the corner to help me find the right allergy relief fast. With brands like Allegra, I get 24-hour relief for my toughest allergy symptoms. So even when allergy season is at its worst, Walgreens is there to help me feel my best. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Now with cards, select Allegra products are $18.99 through April 7th. Use as directed. Tiger Woods is on his way to his ninth straight round over par in a major, and people are giddy about it. Oh, Tiger's not back. I told you so. Well, he probably screwed your wife. How about that? Tiger Woods, so far back that I, I'm not even going to scroll down to try to find him. Phil Mickelson, same thing. Joining us now to discuss from the Golf Show and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hell, and the Steelers Radio Network, he is live at the Masters. It's Jerry Dulac. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time today. Adam, uh, you're welcome, and I think those are two storylines we might be able to write uh, out of the tournament for the weekend. Uh, they might still be here. It's going to be, a, uh, I think, Phil Mickelson will as long as the cut stays there. We'll see how Tiger, Tiger's at plus five now, and that's what the cut looks like, but he's he still has five, six holes to go. So, uh, But I don't think we're going to have to worry about writing that story uh, this weekend. 
No, I don't think so either. So let's follow this one just for a moment before we get to some of the more relevant guys. Tiger Woods, if he were not to make the cut, I think that would disappoint an awful lot of fans who probably had too high expectations to begin with. Yeah, I didn't think he could win, um, Adam, but I thought he could at least keep himself, you know, somewhere around that top ten maybe just to make things uh, uh, interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, television would hope he was uh, in contention. But I think, I think the uh, good news is, is that the, a lot of the top players in the world are on that leaderboard. Yes. And um, I think that'll keep things uh, interesting, including, and most especially, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, who, who, aside from Tiger and Phil Mickelson, would be the two most popular players in golf. Yeah, without a doubt, and they're tied for fourth right now. Patrick Reed all the way up top. He's through 10 thus far, at least as far as my Internet is telling me at this That's present correct. moment. Yes. Uh-huh. How about that? Uh, what's your what's your biggest storyline now that you're following, uh, Jerry? Well, I, Adam, I, I think it's going to be Rory McIlroy because, um, you know, if he wins the Masters, that completes golf's grand slam. He now will won every major tournament, and I think that's the thing. You know, he had a chance to win it in 2011. That's when he imploded on the back nine and ended up shooting 80. He had led for all three rounds and was leading heading to the back nine and then just blew up. Um, so I think that would be uh, the most riveting along with Jordan Spieth, um, who, you know, as I think I told you yesterday, Adam, conceivably could have three green jackets. Right. The way this guy plays around here. and. He started off horrible today. You know, you, you, you throw in that bogey he made at 18, then he doubles number one, and he bogeys number two. So in a three-hole span, he gives away four shots and gives away that three-shot lead he had held. But, you know, he kind of hung in there and battled back, and he ended up shooting 74. But, you know, he's only going to be a couple shots back uh, heading into the weekend. It's really not going to hurt him. Would he like to be in the lead? I'm sure he would, but he's not out of the tournament by any stretch. So I, I think those two storylines are as compelling, uh, uh, really, as it gets. And Dustin Johnson is not far back. Justin Rose is not far back. I mean, these are all the the, the top players in the world. So I don't think um, I don't think the Masters will lack for any star power. That's for sure. Jerry, I'm interested uh, logistically what you do at the Masters. Do you do you pick a group and follow them? Is there a place where you're able to? Uh, watch things uh, via a broadcast. What is, what is Jerry Dulac doing at the Masters? Well, at 5.30, he tends to make sure he's in the media center so he can talk to Adam Crowley. That's always <laughs> the, the first thing that I do. Uh, you know, what I try to do, Adam, is I always try. I'll give you an example. Yesterday morning, I went out and I walked a few holes with Tiger Woods. And, and y- you know, um, you don't you don't go out and watch Tiger Woods. You go out and watch... The people watch Tiger Woods because I don't get, uh, you know, the media don't get in, uh, uh, get in, inside the ropes of the Masters. The only tournament where that happens. And so we have to walk with the gallery. So it's very difficult to go out there and see a lot of action, especially with him. But I still go out and, and follow him for, you know, four or five holes, um, uh, just to get a feel for what's going on and, and, you know, what it's like being out there with him. I always like to do that to get a, to get a feel, get a little flavor for uh, the tournament and then i come you know like uh, i i i hang out at a certain hole watch a few groups uh you know if some of the other better players are coming through then i come in 
and then, you know, have a little lunch, and then I'll go back out in the afternoon and do the same thing when the afternoon wave. Uh, so yesterday it was it was Jordan Spieth, and it was Phil Mickelson, and it was reversed today. The afternoon wave, Spieth, and those guys went out in the morning. I went out, I walked with him, I walked with... Uh, uh, walked with Rory because they were all within like a three group span. So I could kind of just position myself and catch a lot of them. And then I went back out with Tiger and walked with him through three holes and walked down into Amen Corner then to catch Spieth and Rory McElroy. And then I came back up now and, uh, you know, I'll watch the final holes here on TV, uh, in the media, in the fabulous, unbelievable media center, which if, uh, you know, everybody should get a chance to see what this thing is like. The one they had before was the finest media facility I've ever been in. Well, they flattened that one and built this one. And it's just, it's just incredible, Adam. It has everything but lodging. It has, <laughs> it has three restaurants. It has, uh, it has showers. It has lockers. It has giant TVs. Every seat has two, uh, computers that you can watch any hole or find any stat. It's, it's just the most incredible, expansive thing, uh, uh, and, and expensive thing I've ever seen in my life. Jerry Dulac joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jerry, I have been to Oakmont, and that's probably the uh, best golf course that I've been on. I haven't really been to any other of the uh, major courses. Uh, how does, just for reference standpoint, I think a lot of people around here may have been out to Oakmont. How does it compare to uh, a place that has hosted the U.S. Open before? Well, it's different in this in this regard because what what uh, Augusta National uh, is about, aside from difficulty, which they made it difficult, is the beauty. I mean, between the azaleas and the dogwood and the perfectly manicured grass and the white sand bunkers, uh, it's just an incredible look. And and everything that they do around the golf course building this media center, building just a fabulous new merchandise center that you just can't uh, believe. Everything they do here, their practice range, everything is the finest anywhere. And so everything about this place, it's like, it's like Disney World in golf. And, and it's just, um, it, it belies description. Anybody who sees it on TV and then comes here just can't believe it. Oakmont is a little different animal. Oakmont's one of the great golf courses in the world, and it's one of the great clubs. But it's known more for its brutality. Uh, sure. I mean, while it's it's nicely manicured and, and perfectly manicured and things like that, and a lot of money is spent, uh, you know, it's it they're 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 just different. You know, it, it's it's different comparisons. So it's, it's so I don't want to say it's apples and oranges, but uh, Oakmont is uh, Oakmont is about difficulty. And, and Augusta National is is about beauty. To the point, what happened a number of years ago at Oakmont is one of its old members, who was a member at Augusta uh, by the name of Fred Brand, wanted to know why Oakmont couldn't be as, quote, beautiful as Augusta National. So they planted a bunch of trees and everything to try to, quote, beautify Oakmont. Well, then years later... That just took away from the original look, and that's when they sheared all the trees and took them all out because, they, you know, they're not, they're, they weren't interested in beautifying Augusta, uh, Oakmont. Excuse me. They were interested in making it uh, brutally difficult. And so it's funny that that's kind of what they kind of, at one point, at least one of the members wanted it to be, one of the presidents, and then they just turned right around and said, get these trees out of here. We don't want them. Has Jerry Dulac ever played Augusta National? Yes, I have. I played it oh, once. Oh, man. 
Uh, yeah, I played it once uh, the day after the tournament in 2000, I think it was. And uh, but I, they have a lottery here for the media. They only pick 20 people. Oh man! And uh, I haven't entered it for a number of years because since because uh, Adam, I always end up going to Myrtle Beach uh, the Monday after to do a radio show at Hootie and the Blowfishes uh, Monday after the Masters uh, uh, tournament, so charity tournament. So that's why for a number of years. Uh, I haven't uh, entered the lottery, but that was the one and only time I played, so it was, it was a real treat. You shoot better than Sergio did on that one hole. Uh, I did on that one hole, and I think <laughs> I bested his score. Uh, when yeah. I, no, I didn't. I tie, no, I didn't. I tied his score. I shot 81. That's I double bogeyed the last hole and shot 81. That's pretty darn good, Mr. Dulac. Yeah, he's playing okay that day. Jerry, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your time out there. It sounds like you will, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Adam, thank you, and uh, I will. I'll talk to you soon. Be good. Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette, Steelers Radio Network, and, of course, the golf show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. I am an okay golfer. I know Sergio's a pro. I know he won the Masters. I think on a good day, I'm beating that score on that hole. I think so. I, I do think I am. I do think I am. I wish we could prove that. It'll never happen. No, it won't. Ever. So It'll never great. happen. So you might as well just go on and go, I could definitely beat that. It does raise a question, though. What in sports do you think you could do? Like, professional sports. Because I think Ooh. I could shoot better than a 13 on that hole. I also know that I could hit a couple free throws in a playoff game. Like, I am cold as ice, baby. Nothing distracts me other than music being piped into my headphones in the first segment of a radio show. I would be cold-blooded. I'd be drilling those free throws. Hell, we just saw a replacement goaltender the other day against the Chicago, uh, playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. That guy stopped seven shots in an NHL game. I don't know if I could do that. I could probably stop five or seven, though. Yeah? I could do all those things. You think you could make contact with a major league pitcher's curveball? Not even nope. get a hit. Just make contact. Nope. <sighs> nope. I was a pretty good baseball player. Yeah, so was I. Yeah. And I think I, I think I could foul one off. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I mean. Just get your bat around Maybe. get your bat on the ball. Everyone thinks they can do that one, it's though. It's a lot, man. When you're sitting, and I've only, I've done it with a pitcher that's played AAA, and I'm telling you, even on that level, the movement it's on insane. that ball, it is, and I was a good baseball player. I was a good hitter. No. Nope. Man, it just, you get a different perspective, and there's no way in hell I don't think I could do it. I played... A couple of years ago, uh, up against uh, some of the women who were trying out for the softball team in Washington. Yeah. And. You don't think you could hit an underhand fast pitch? I know I can't. I did it. I, I was up at bat. It was insane. Yeah. It was unbelievable. What's the speed coming in off that? What, 60, 65? 60 to 74, something like that. Yeah. But they're way closer. Way closer. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I've played against guys who were throwing 85. 88 miles an hour, maybe, at the top end, the better pitchers from a from a legit mound. This felt like 150 miles an hour. And it's coming from an arm angle you're not used to. I'm sure if I sat there and took cuts for a, a while, I might be able to foul one off if I get used to it. But, bro, I'm telling you right now, I had no, I have no chance of getting a hit in a softball game. So I doubt that I'd be able to hit a major league curveball. See, I haven't tried it, but I think I might be able to hit off of a, uh, a fast pitch softball. I think I might be able Dude, to Dude, I think it might be off. harder. I really do, because oh, I, I mean, dude, they're when you watch the Little League World Series, they're at the same, they're at the mound, right? And it's the same length as the the women are far away, 
And when they're throwing 74 miles an hour, it's coming up at like 102. They're throwing that hard, but from underneath, and then there's the rise balls, and then yeah. so you'll cut, you'll see a rise ball come up, and then the next one they'll throw a curve ball. So it looks like it's going to be 15 feet over your head, and then it drops right in. It was, oh. dude, I've never seen anything like it. And I was like, don't hit me. She's like, I won't. I was like, D -d -d don't hit me. She's Please like, don't hit she's me. like, seriously, I'm not going to. Yeah, I know where it's going. I was like, okay. And I was still, I mean, I'm shaking up there, but like, oof. How about that? How about a little leaguer? You thinking in like a little leaguer? I do that. Somebody of that. I do. Like, I, I think if you're if you're throwing the ball hard, overhand at me. Yeah. I could hit a fastball. How I about with a little movement though from a little leaguer. Probably, pro I probably could. Yeah. Probably could. You can't let it like a ten year old show you up or no, show you up. No. I do think I do think that I could hit them. I don't think I could hit them as well as the good ones that that play against them could. Yeah, I, I'd put some balls. In See, play. I tell you, if if they did strike me out in a little league game, I'd rush them out because I knew I could kick his ass if I made it out there. That much is true. Unless it, unless for. it's that giant Saudi Arabian kid from a couple <laughs> oh, of years yeah. ago. He's like seven foot three. <laughs> yeah. He let go of the ball at the batter's box. Yeah. That kid, I'm not rushing. That is illegal. <laughs> yeah. That guy would bust your ass. Coming up next, the Penguins busting Columbus's ass last night. Poor transition. It's the Crowley Show. Give me a hot dog, baby! That's baseball, baby! Come on! I'm taking my show back by whatever means necessary. Tom's got so much power going to his head. We've got these cute little pauses, and he's trying to make them his own. He's taking advantage of them. And I say, F you, Tom. You can't do that. You're not the boss of me. Yeah. Brian's the boss of me. And he wouldn't do something like that. Never, Crowley. You respect me. I do. You respect the show. I got the crown man's back. You hashtag respect the process. Mm -hmm. And that's something you want out of a friend. Tom, meanwhile, is a douchebag. <laughs> hitting whenever he wants back in the studio. Pausing for as long as he wants. Turning my mic off whenever he wants to. And you know what? I'm, I'm sick of it. Tom, in fact, I'm not letting you go to Harry Carey at any point again during the rest of the show. Sorry, listeners. No more Harry Carey for you, Tom. We're going to now go out to Augusta National, where we've got Harry Carey talking about baseball for some reason. We'll start things off here in the, some of the later slates. Oh, boy. The Padres are going to look to make the Astros their daddy. Luis Perdoma going up against Lance McCullers Jr. At 8-10, Milwaukee going to brew up a victory against the Cubs. I sure as hell hope not, though. Love me those Cubbies. And finally, one of the games that's happening right now, the Braves are flying sky high in Colorado. Brandon McCarthy on the mouth for them, making the Rockies look like they're stoned to bejesus up there. Back to you, Adam. 
Damn it, I really thought you were going to screw up. Yeah, I, I would have laid money on it. Yeah, especially after your first read, dude. Didn't seem like you had it. Yep, a little tough coming out of the gate. A little tough coming out of the gate. Slow start, but much like the Pittsburgh Penguins, you've regained your footing. Penguins won last night, 5-4 to four against Columbus. You know that. I'm not going to read you all the statistics, but I will tell you that while they were not perfect, they also did what I expect out of these Pittsburgh Penguins. Your Pittsburgh Penguins have not lost a playoff series in the last two years. They're 8-0 under Mike Sullivan. They're 8-0 since Phil Kessel's come on board. They've done a great job largely since we've seen Patrick Hornquist be around. And because of all that, I was not surprised by what we saw yesterday in the slightest. Columbus is playing good hockey, but they're not playing as well as they think that they're playing. They're not playing as well as the country thinks that they're playing. And the Penguins, they own them bitches. 4-0 against Columbus this year. And yeah, well, all but one game went to overtime. They still beat them in every one. Why? Bobrovsky sucks. Not so much against everyone else, but when the stakes are high against the Penguins, they can't play in front of that guy, and that guy can't keep the puck out of the back of the net. If I had to rank the teams that I'd want to see the Penguins play in the playoffs, Philadelphia is one and Columbus is two, without a question. And the only reason that Washington's not farther up the list or closer to those two is because they might not play Braden Holpe in the playoff series against Pittsburgh, if it ever does come to that point. Washington's really good, but the issue's been the fact that they grip their sticks a little too tight, and Braden Holpe likewise does the same. I'm telling you, as much as y'all want to count the Penguins out, and as much as Rob Rossi wants to count the Penguins out, he said so on Monday, they've still got more than a fighting chance. Can you imagine that team losing? Seriously, can you imagine them losing? Have you seen it with your own two eyes? Not in 700-plus days! Phil Kessel scoring goals in overtime that look effortless that nobody else in the league can do. You've got Patrick Hornquist, the son of a bitch, going to the front of the net and acting like it's Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. These guys will not be denied. And it's going to take a monumental effort for whoever beats them, if they do beat them, to beat them. I'm not going to bet against them. And in fact, Robert Rossi coming back on to Team Crowley. We're fully transparent here on the Crowley Show. It is, in fact, the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Rob Rossi, friend in real life, friend on the show, he texted me last night after saying that he thinks that it would be two games and out for the Penguins. Quote, I rescind regarding the Blue Jackets. That goalie can't beat them. He can't. You going to tell me hope he can? And if push comes to shove, is Grubauer really a legitimate number one in this league? He might have played well against the Penguins the other night. He let up a stinker against Nashville yesterday that I saw. He's just a guy. He's just a regular old goalie. Braden Holpe's a Vezina candidate. The Penguins melt him. Penguins melted Martin Jones. The Penguins have had their way with goaltenders over the last eight playoff series, and you think Bobrovsky's going to stand in their way? You think some dude named Grubauer is going to stand in their way? You think Braden Holpe, who's faltered time and time again against Pittsburgh, is going to stand in their way? It could happen. Stranger things have. But I ain't betting against them. Maybe Boston. Maybe Tampa. Two teams that the Penguins don't see all that often and aren't cursed by playing Pittsburgh. Maybe they could do it. And really, any of the other ones could. But I ain't picking the Penguins to lose because I haven't seen it in two years. They've got that special drink, man, that special sauce, that elixir. They find ways to win. And you know what? I'm a little sick and tired of hearing that be the reason that they won yesterday. 
They didn't just find ways to win. They do. And they did. But they outplayed Columbus. Don't let the score make you think otherwise. Sure, Columbus had some great A scoring chances. They're a team that's going to do that to you. They've got some talent. Washington will do that to you. New Jersey will do that to you. Any team you play in the playoffs has dudes who can F with you and put that puck in the back of the net. But the Penguins had them to 30 shots, and you go into overtime. That's not bad. The Penguins threw 43 at their goaltender. Penguins dominated that game. Don't fool yourself into thinking they didn't. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Back to Matt Murray, who we've talked about a bunch on this show for three years now going on. You might not trust him, but let's play a different game. Who do you trust more than him? You might think Matt Murray's not playing great hockey. By his standards, he's not. But you trust him more than Braden Holpe? I do. Do you trust him more than Sergei Bobrovsky? I do. Do you trust him more than Philip... I do. And New Jersey trusts their guys so much, they're rotating them. They're saying they've got two number ones, but they've got Kincaid who's playing fairly well, and they haven't been playing well other than that. I don't know if I trust them. I know I don't trust Philadelphia's goaltending. I haven't trusted Philadelphia's goaltending since Ron Hextall, and hell, I haven't trusted their goaltending since 1975. So you might not think Murray's great, but it's kind of like saying Ben Roethlisberger throws a lot of picks. Sure he does. Would you rather have Bortles? No. Would you rather have Alex Smith? No. Would you rather have anybody else in the AFC other than Tom Brady? No. Matt Murray's got his warts. Matt Murray's got his bumps. Matt Murray has his problems. But Matt Murray's the guy I trust more than anybody else left in this field in the Eastern Conference. It ain't about just trusting him. It's about context. It's about comparing him to his peers. It's about goaltending overall. And whose do you trust? Pittsburgh's. Book it! 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Conor McGregor just got arrested. He's throwing shiz all over the place. Did you see that? Got on a plane. His boy was getting in a tussle. He then hops on a bus and tried to fight all the people who were doing his boy wrong. That dude's a badass. Sounds like he's an ass, and he's bad, but he's also a badass. I don't think I want to hang out with that guy, but I sure as hell know that I wouldn't want to be on the other side of him. The question that's everybody's asking, though, is, is all this staged? I almost said a bad word there. Is all this shiz staged? I think probably not. But I'm telling you what, I don't think them boys over at the MMA are exactly upset about it. I don't think Dana White's pissed. He had a press conference today where he says, oh, we're going to have to ban the guy, blah, 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 blah. He loves it. When he gets out of jail or whatever he's doing, picking up trash on the side of the road, they'll sell the hell out of that next fight. And tickets are already going. They already oh my God. come off. It's crazy. It's a good move. That's what he does. He's a promoter. He's professional wrestling without the fake. It's kind of badass. And, and it is. It's badass for him and his product. You're choking again. <clears throat> I am. I'm eating here. It's good. You are. Sorry. You you look very... Now you take another bite? It's your turn to talk. Ah, oh, hell. I was going to take another bite, too. Okay. It's been one of those shows today. Yeah, it has. Ed tweets, great question about what 
athletic feat could you pull off in the pros? My answer is the same as yours, Adam. I went to two consecutive seasons of city ball in which I didn't miss a single free throw. My second best is darts. Does that count? Uh, no, it doesn't. City ball free throws, though? Look, the free throw line's at the same place. Yeah, no difference. If you can hit a free throw, the pressure will obviously be key. But if you can hit a free throw, muscle memory, you can hit a free throw. Yeah, yeah. It's the pre- And that's where it is. It's the pressure that hurts you. I don't want you talking you're around me anymore. If you're you're going to shoot stuff like out of your gullet right into my eye. Look, I'm, I'm terrified here. I'm having a good I want to eat my food I would at the Carson be, City Saloon without you this. spitting in my eye. I would rather uh, be eating this throw than talking up. to you, but I, here we are sitting next to each other, so I'm talking to you. Coming up next, it's the Bud Light Happy Hour with Randy Slack. It's Crowley Show. I'm at Walgreens because I'm not feeling my best. My allergies are giving me an itchy nose, watery eyes, and sneezing. Luckily, Walgreens is right around the corner to help me find the right allergy relief fast. With brands like Allegra, I get 24-hour relief for my toughest allergy symptoms. So even when allergy season is at its worst, Walgreens is there to help me feel my best. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Now with cards, select Allegra products are $18.99 through April 7th. Use as directed. Try to eat while we're uh, broadcasting. I mean, because we're doing radio stuff, and we're supposed to talk. I'm pretty good, man. 